Welcome to the Shanna Plan. I am Kyle Posey. I am joined by my homie Akash. Akash, we are this close to free agency. Uh, what's going on, man? What's happening, man? Yeah, free agency is like a week away. Schefter and Rapsheet tweeting about franchise tags. Uh, you were at the presser for the Northwestern Pro Day. A lot is happening. How are you doing? Doing well, man. So, yeah, you mentioned uh, the franchise tag. That deadline officially passed on Tuesday. And without any surprise, 49ers did not tag anybody because they could not tag anybody with the deal to acquire Trent Williams. Uh, they weren't going to tag Kyle Juszczyk because there is no designation for a fullback. And as well as Jason Brett pay, played this past season, you're not going to tag him with his injury history after one year. Um here are the list of players who were tagged. So Justin Simmons, uh, Marcus May, boo, great player. Brandon Scherf from Washington, <laughs> Chris Godwin, Cam Robinson, interesting name, Allen Robinson, bad for him, Leonard Williams, and Taylor Moton, as well as the Saints tagging Marcus Williams. Uh, the Jags tagging Cam Rob was a bit of a surprise just because that takes one potential suitor off the table to sign Trent Williams. And that is huge because – the Jags have all types of cap space. So uh, do you think this was the Jaguars, you know, kind of reading between the lines and thinking that maybe the 49ers are going to get Trent Williams back? Or what's your read on that? If you're the Jaguars, it's a smart play, right? Uh, Franchise tag Cam Robinson. That doesn't, you know, preclude you from speaking with Trent Williams. You could always, uh, you know, you sign Trent Williams and then remove the franchise tag on Cam Robinson if you choose to go that route. Uh, but they probably feel comfortable what they have uh, with Cam Robinson and that he's just a good player. And I think the franchise tag this year is lower just because the cap is lower. So you're getting Robinson at a discount compared to what you could have Williams for. So it just seems like a smart move. And it takes a suitor off the table for Trent Williams, which is good for the 49ers. Um, I think the other team that everyone seems to bring up is the Indianapolis Colts because they have a need. They have a ton of cap space. It would just seem to make sense. Um, but I, I still think he's going to come back to the 49ers. I just think he's that important to the team. I know the team's met with him recently, and I th- I think I just think they're going to strike a deal. I know we know Williams wants to be here, and if it's a matter of a couple couple million dollars, excuse me, I think you just make that happen. Um, how do you feel about the Williams and his you know approaching free agency uh, stance? The worry meter isn't that high for me. I, I feel like relationships matter. And in free agency, the 49ers have Kyle Shanahan, Chris Forrester on their team. And every time we spoke to Trent Williams this past season, he just raved about what Lake and Tomlinson did for him. He did that again at the end of the season. I just think having an opportunity to play next to Lake and Tomlinson and Trent seems like a very good evaluator of talent. And when he talks about the 49ers as a team, he sees how good they can be, how close they were to being successful this past season. And obviously with the success that they had in 2019. So I think all of those factors combined mean that we're going to see Trent Williams come back. And we haven't really talked about the salary cap. The last time we spoke, the 49ers had like 13 million in cap space. And uh, with the Richard Sherman, um, not likely to be earned incentives, um, coming off the books, quote-unquote, and just their 49ers are now up to like $28 million in cap space. So I don't think that yeah. you know they're, they're, they're going to have an issue bringing back 
Trent Williams. So that yeah, that's that's going to be relieving for sure. Speaking of Trent Williams and paying him a lot of money, Ross Tucker does not think that that is a good idea. We we covered it a little bit on Tuesday on Niners Nation. Here is the audio of what Ross Tucker had to say. Someone will pay Trent Williams that amount of money. I guess I question whether or not that someone should be the San Francisco 49ers. And I say that for a couple of different reasons. Number one, you know, they have shown an ability to get by without someone like Trent. You know, the offense with the outside zone stuff and bootlegs and play action, it's not like you're asking the left tackle to just do 40 drop back one-on-one pass protection reps per game. And also, you know, he had some bad moments last year. I mean, he was a big reason why they lost that Eagles game. You know, I, you know, BLG, you remember that? Derek Barnett was tearing him up. I mean, yep. they made a bunch of plays against Trent Williams in that game. So, I don't know. I mean, I'm remembering a game that they lost, like, in large part because of Trent Williams. And so, not that I sat here and watched every Trent Williams game, and he's a very good player, and I know he's got good grades from people, but – you know, when it's a primetime game and I watched every snap, it's hard not to get that out of my head. And I just feel like part of what you're paying for with Kyle Shanahan is the ability to be productive without having to pay a left tackle over $20 million a year, if that makes sense. All right. So too long, did not read. Ross Tucker did not watch Trent Williams outside of <laughs> Philadelphia. That's That was my takeaway because everything that he said was pretty much based on one game. And when he said that the, the Eagles were getting the best of him, like Williams only was beaten twice in pass protection. Like I chart these games to to get in these type of arguments in the offseason because a lot of times, you know, as I've been mentioning, I've been hammering home, we ignore the process. We only talk about the result. If you remember one time uh, Trent Williams getting beaten, you're going to take that and, you know, extrapolate it to all these other mythical times that it happened when it really didn't at all. So um, we watched Trent Williams every game. He had a four-game stretch where he didn't miss a block. He was fantastic. And think of how well Trent Williams played this past season. And then remember that he did not play football in 2019. I think, do you think it's fair to say that Williams would be even better in 2021? I think so. Uh, You know, the only thing that concerns you is the age, right? He's, I think, 33 years old right now. And so do you think, you know, if if it was a three or four year contract towards the back end of that contract, will Trent Williams still perform and be as athletic as he is? And I think he showed you in 2020 that he certainly can be that and can be effective. And back to what Ross Tucker said, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think he really only watched that one game and sort of just made this overarching assumption, which is, you know, he's a national guy. So I understand why he probably just doesn't have the time to like watch everything, but to make some giant proclamation based on that one game just isn't fair. I mean, sports info solution had, uh, Trent Williams with only you know 18 blown blocks on 900 snaps, which is like 2%. Uh, he was only called for eight penalties this season. I, th- I thought he was just fantastic. Um, and so now it just comes down to, okay, can the 49ers get the length, the average annual value, and the guarantees worked in um, such that it meets what Williams wants and what the 49ers can afford this season, given with the drop in the salary cap. And I think... You know, we keep coming back to this. And if you had to make Trent Williams the highest paid left tackle in the league, I think Bakhtiari right now is at 23 million. 
would you go and make Trent Williams the highest paid left tackle at like 24 million annually? That is a lot of money. <laughs> that it is, is, it is not cheap, but I understand what his value to this offense is. And I understand how he makes everyone else better. I understand that Kyle Shanahan is able to kind of call plays and not have to worry about his left tackle. That type of peace of mind, it's worth a lot of money. So I, I wouldn't really have a problem knowing um, just how my, the rest of my team is set up. And Rob Lauder had a good point where he said, if you're not going to pay a franchise left tackle, like, who are you going to pay? So, yeah, yeah I, I really wouldn't have an issue. Do, would you pay Trent that type of money? I think I would. Um, my concern is just about the length of the contract. Would be trying to keep it uh, longer than shorter, actually, so that it spreads out the, exactly. the, the signing bonus. So for the people that you know don't understand the cap, when they give you the signing bonus up front, that money is divided among the the years of the contract, and it's spread out evenly. And you know the more years, then that lower that number is. And so that's more my concern. I wouldn't be so worried about paying him twenty four million dollars or whatever it is. I think the 49ers can make that work. Um, I think he's absolutely worth it. If that's what you're asking. Yeah, I think he's worth it as well. Just. So a lot of people, they see that number and then they just go, no, no way. Same with like Dak Prescott. I think it's just the peace of mind when you know you're not going to really have to worry about that position. So uh, keeping it offensive line, Northwestern had their pro day on Tuesday and Rashawn Slater had a heck of a day, as did Greg Newsom, who ran a 4-3-1, who was also better than Alabama's Patrick Sertan, but we can save that argument for another day. <laughs> yeah, he's so good. He's just such a fun player to watch. 4-3-1-40, baby. Uh, Rashawn Slater, as I mentioned, had a great workout. He is trained by one of the best um, offensive line trainers in the world, Duke Mannyweather. Shout out to him. So Slater said that he met with the 49ers. He also said that he himself believes he's the best offensive tackle in the draft. His words, quote, I think I'm the best tackle in the draft, so I have a high level of confidence about that. But at the same time, I'm a team player. So if a team wants to play me at guard, so be it. I'm all for it. As long as that's what's best for the team, I'm happy to play whatever position they want me to. So as I mentioned, uh, Slater Met with 49ers. He brought up the past two left tackles of the 49ers. So he mentioned Trent Williams. He also mentioned Joe Staley. He called Staley an extremely effective and master technician, which is true. He also said that, you know, Staley didn't have the prototypical size, and that kind of reminds him of himself. And then he just said Trent Williams is like a freak athlete and does some amazing things with his hands, quote unquote. So, yes, all those are true. And my question to you is, would Slater – be an option if the 49ers were able to retain Trent Williams. And the thought process there is best player on the board in this scenario. The 49ers have, let's say, a year or two of Trent Williams and Mike McGlinchey. They can evaluate both after the season. So as a freshman, Rashawn Slater played right tackle. So he can play right tackle in the NFL. Uh, he was a he was an all Big Ten freshman as right tackle. Um just a crazy athlete still is going to develop as far as strength. And you have to imagine he's just going to get better and better. So um, it is interesting to, as you pointed out before the show, the 49ers did not have an offensive line coach at the, at Northwestern's pro day. But wh what do you think about that? Do you think an offensive lineman is still on the table? Like, you know, a talent like Slater, if the 49ers do retain Trent Williams. Yeah. And I'm sure the 49ers who had somebody at the Northwestern pro day, it wasn't an offensive line coach. Maybe it was an area scout. Maybe it was someone else in their uh, scouting department. Uh, watch Rashawn Slater. I'm sure when the 49ers in the off season throw up like a hundred different, 
you know, paths for the offseason. One of them probably involves not re-signing Trent Williams and drafting Rashawn Slater as his replacement, right? Uh, maybe they think that Williams just isn't worth whatever, $24 million, whatever it is, and they think they can go get that type of production with Slater and use that cap space elsewhere. I'm sure that's a plan. The thing that you're proposing is, okay, you bring back Williams and you draft Slater, you play him at right tackle after McGlinchey potentially leaves. So McGlinchey's in the last year of his contract. Uh, the 49ers haven't picked up his fifth-year option yet. Kyle Shanahan, at the end of the season, basically said that they would pick up McGlinchey's fifth-year option. So given that, it makes it harder to believe that they would draft Slater to play right tackle because then he would be playing a different position for two years. Um, so I have a hard time believing that, especially because you have to pick up McGlinchey's fifth-year option, I think, this year, right, this May. So, yeah, I don't see that scenario. I do see the scenario where, yeah, maybe they let Williams walk, and then all of a sudden, left tackle becomes your first priority uh, come the draft, and you maneuver the other positions during free agency, and you you either look to Slater or Penesul, who's the other left tackle that's um, being thrown around in the top half of the first round. Um but my, my question back to Slater, do you even think he makes it to 12? I feel like his hype right now is just going through the roof. Do you even think he's there at 12? Probably not. I mean, everybody, the majority of draft analysis, you know, they have him in the top 10. So for him to fall, that would mean we'd see like a, a run on quarterbacks where Mac Jones is going before 12 and Trey Lance is going before 12. And probably another positional run like wide receivers if teams are, you know, Waddle or Devonta Smith, who um, the Alabama guys go. So, yeah, it, it would be tough. And I, I really don't see it. So that is more than enough offensive line talk for the month. Uh, when we come back, we're going <laughs> to talk about free agency. We are also going to talk about some quarterback rumors. All right, so everybody's favorite quarterback, Sam Darnold, New York Jets, baby. So on Monday, a few national writers, and these are prominent guys, brought up that the 49ers and the the talk of them acquiring Sam Darnold is very real. So Peter King said that's his personal favorite. And usually King doesn't just throw that out there like that. So that kind of, you know, raised my eyebrows, made me sit up, stand up straight. In this scenario, let's act like, you know, Darnold to the 49ers is going to be a thing. Is he an upgrade for the money? Because a lot of this trade, uh, we'll get to that later. Let's stick to that. Is Sam Darnold an upgrade when you factor in the money that the 49ers are gaining, hypothetically, of course? Yeah. So let's first go through the money aspect so people understand just what the savings is. So Sam Darnold to the 49ers will cost about $4.7 million next season. Uh, they will be saving $24.9 million if they trade or cut Jimmy Garoppolo. So there's a net difference there of about $20 million. So that's what you'd be saving if you were to just swap them one for one. Um, forget draft capital, all that stuff. That $20 million in 2021 will be extremely valuable in finding uh, an edge rusher in a loaded edge class, uh, an outside cornerback if you're not able to re-sign Jason Verrett, uh, potentially a center where you could use an upgrade. And that, that money will allow you to stack the deck around Sam Darnold. Is Sam Darnold a better player than Jimmy Garoppolo? No, I, I don't think that. Um, there's nothing I think that you see either on tape with advanced stats, with efficiency metrics that you could say, yeah, Darnold's a better player. 
you know, we talk about Darnold a lot like a draft prospect that he has better tools and a better arm. He's more athletic, but we don't ever talk about his like production because it just isn't there with the Jets. And it's hard to pull like the situation of Adam Gase and the Jets away from what Sam Darnold was able to accomplish. He's shown some flashes, but he's shown some really, really bad mistakes as well. Um, So that part of it is tough. But I can see why the 49ers would think, okay, let's just save this cash. Let's go stack our team. And maybe if we get Darnold back to the West Coast, where he's originally from, we get him with Kyle Shanahan, who's the best offensive coach he would have had probably in his career. Let's see if we can just get some good production out of him and get, you know, maybe not Garoppolo level play, but way better than they had last season with Mullins and Bethard. And with a better team around them, in theory, that could work out. So maybe that's sort of the mindset that they're thinking with uh, when it comes to Sam Darnold. Assuming this trade and this move would happen before free agency so they could use some of that money to sign maybe another edge rusher, maybe another cornerback, right? Yeah, I would assume so. It feels like the Jets are extremely sold on taking a quarterback at number two. And Joe Douglas met with the media last week or a couple weeks ago. And he basically kind of insinuated like, hey, make some calls for Sam Darnold. Like we're kind of willing to, you know, trade him. We just have to get the right offer. And in that Peter King and Albert Beer report, they mentioned that a high second round pick is what the Jets are looking for. So in theory, the 49ers would likely have to trade away pick 43 for Sam Darnold. But as we had talked about earlier, maybe in a hypothetical Jimmy Garoppolo trade, they could recoup a third round pick. Uh, maybe a second round pick. And so the value, the draft value there, you may lose a little, but you'd be gaining so much in, in free, you know, cap space that you can go spend right now um, right. and just improve your team. So that part of it makes sense. But then you think about it long term, right? So what happens after 2021? Do you pick up Sam Darnold's fifth year option where he'd be making 20 plus million dollars? Do you extend him after one year of play? The long term aspect is complicated in that scenario. And Kyle Shanahan would really be betting on Sam Darnold developing into something that we haven't seen yet and would be risky for sure. Um, But it would really tell you how they feel about Jimmy Garoppolo if they went in that route. Um, Would acquiring Sam Darnold prevent the 49ers from drafting a quarterback in a draft where it feels like four to five quarterbacks actually deserve to go in the first round? So in that scenario where you have Sam Darnold at whatever, $4.7 million, you could draft a rookie quarterback. Your quarterback cap situation would be really good because you have a quarterback on a rookie contract who you just drafted in the first round, and then you have Sam Darnold. But it becomes weird, right? So you've, you've traded for Sam Darnold. Does he then become the backup? Do you have an open competition with the rookie? Um, like how that plays out. And then do you pick up Sam Darnold's fifth-year option, which you'll have to do in May? Or do you just not do that. I I would not do that. Um, That part becomes a little complicated. Um, But uh, yeah, I don't know if you, if you were to just, you know, bet your future on Sam Donald, that's pretty risky. If you were to then make a move for a rookie quarterback, why wouldn't you just keep the draft pick and sign a veteran quarterback like a Fitzpatrick or I know you hate him, but Dalton or just someone like that. Cause the money might be the same, but at least you save the draft pick and there's not this like controversy of, Oh, who's going to start and like that type of thing. Yeah. I, yeah, I like the rookie quarterback 
and Sam Darnold combination less and less the more that I think about it. I would just rather have a rookie with like a proven veteran or Sam Darnold and like a proven veteran, but not mix the rookie and Sam Darnold together. What do you think? Yeah, I think that, man, there there's a lot to this scenario. Um, we have to think about what Kyle Shanahan does for you. So in my mind, as a quarterback, Kyle does the hardest part for you. He takes care of before the snap. And that's where a lot of quarterbacks struggle. So he eliminates that for you. Kyle does the heavy lifting. And not only that, most of the times, quarterbacks, you just have to like re-rack their weight, the weights. You don't even have to do any heavy lifting. Yeah. So there are occasions where you're going to have to rep 225 pounds as I keep going down this weightlifting uh, rabbit hole. Yeah. And then there are <laughs> rare, rare occurrences where you have to lift three plates. And, and Darnold has the athleticism and arm talent to make a big play and avoid the sack. But you have to overlook so much of his bad play to get to his good, consistent play. So I can understand the appeal for Darnold. I can certainly understand the appeal on a one-year deal considering yeah. the contract that he has. But long-term, yes, he's so young, but we just haven't seen enough. And to give Kyle – to give any player that type of bump with Kyle Shanahan is expecting a lot. So um, I actually asked Daniel Jeremiah this same question on his conference call on Tuesday. So he was going over all the draft prospects. And I asked him, if you're John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, can you afford to pass up a quarterback in the first round of this draft? And I also asked him, how would you view Sam Darnold as a potential bridge as one of these rookie quarterbacks? And, And here's what Daniel Jeremiah said. He said, yeah, to me, if you're going to make a move for Sam Donald, I don't think he's the bridge. I think you're hoping that he's the building. That's what you're doing when you make that move. And talent-wise, to me, when they're at 12, I guess it, there's a chance that Trey Lance could be there. Mac Jones, I think, will be there. So those are your options. But to me, I think faced with those options or those trades that's palatable for Sam Donald, I think I'd be tempted to go in the Sam Donald direction because we've talked about the fit with him and Kyle Shanahan. I think he would be a beautiful fit. The guy's 23 years old, 24 years old. He's still really young. That would make some sense. I threw the numbers out there earlier. The next three years, uh, he's making 18.3 a year. It was a very affordable number. I don't think, I don't know that. That's just interesting that the Niners did do that. Uh, Sorry, that's interesting thing. If the Niners did do that, what do you immediately do with Jimmy? And that's where we can kind of segue here. Or do you need Sam to come in and beat Jimmy out? So I don't believe that they're going to, if they make any move, it's, they're probably closing the door on the Jimmy Rockwell for the season. Yeah. You you don't add cash to the the quarterback (laughs) cap space by bringing in Donald at 5 million and keeping Jimmy at like 27. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. So, yeah, Jeremiah said, I would rather have Sam than those options that we just laid out. So in this hypothetical, um, what what do you think about what Jeremiah just said? Yeah, I think a lot of people look at it and they just say, okay, who's going to be available at 12? They don't look, they don't consider the trade up possibility, right? So then automatically you're like, okay, let's say Trevor, Trevor Lawrence goes one. Let's say Zach Wilson goes two. Then they think, okay, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, and Mac Jones are going somewhere between three and 10 probably is what it feels like. So then immediately they're thinking, okay, no one's going to be there at 12. Like, who are you going to trade up to take? And I would push back and say if Kyle Shanahan really likes a rookie quarterback in this draft class, that's say Justin Fields or say Trey Lance or Zach Wilson or whoever it is, I would rather him trade up to go get that player than make this half-hearted move to go get Sam Darnold. Right. So I, I don't necessarily agree with Daniel Jeremiah there. 
yes, Sam Darnold in like who isn't a good fit with Cal Shanahan, right? <laughs> oh, so I, I hate I hate when people say that. <laughs> oh, he's a good fit with Cal. Well, no, sh- I think so am I. Yeah, exactly. Uh, any of these guys would, but the question is who can elevate Kyle Shanahan's offense so that Kyle doesn't have to do the heavy lifting 24 seven, right? Like Chris Sims said, Kyle would like to be bailed out sometimes too. And I'm not sure if Sam Darnold can do that on a consistent enough basis. He hasn't proven it yet. Maybe he can. He's only 23. He's been coached by Adam Gase, whatever, but I would rather bet on an unproven rookie that has untapped potential versus Sam Darnold that, has had a shitty experience in New York and now has to be molded back into something. And I'm not sure if that ceiling is there compared to like a rookie. Yeah. I think I'm good on the reclamation projects, man. I think that yeah, yeah. Uh, if, if we're talking about moving on from Jim Garoppolo, make it a talent, make it a guy who has, who doesn't have the same in like Darnold hasn't played 16 games since he's been in the NFL. There's no reason to think that that would change. And sure, you get the Kyle Shanahan bump, but if we're doing that for Sam Darnold, why doesn't a guy like Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, why don't those guys get the same uh, Kyle Shanahan bump? Because as I mentioned, he does the hard part for you. He does the hard part for the young quarterbacks and the rookies. So you know where to go before the ball snaps. I don't think that there's going to be this giant adjustment for Kyle Shanahan's offense where guys are running wide open at the second level, man. Uh, All right, enough Sam Darnold, hopefully uh, for a good while. Let's get into a free agent. So Jason Verrett report came out that he's going to test free agency. Whenever you see that, it's like, oh, man, now what? Yeah, you have to imagine the 49ers gave him a deal, and they're probably not going to budge off that deal. If you're Jason Verrett, after the year you just had, go get paid, young man. Go get your money. So in that scenario – who are some, you know, kind of off the radar replacements for Jason Rett that the 49ers might be interested in? Yeah. So just to go back to your question and what you had said about Jason Verrett. So typically, if it's your own team's free agents, you can talk about extending them throughout this entire process. You don't have to wait till March 17th or whenever the new sure. league year is. So the 49ers have talked to Trent Williams, they've probably talked to Jason Verrett, and they've presented him with a contract, with a number, whatever they're you know, uh, final offers or whatever. And Verrett's probably like, okay, let me go test free agency, see what I can get. And if I get something that I like better, he may be gone. Otherwise he may be back. So that tells you what his state of mind is. Cause if it was something he liked, he probably would have resigned already. Um, and then some under the radar names, some of the names you talked about when we had done your off season plan a couple months ago, a couple episodes ago, whatever, William Jackson, uh, the Bengals didn't franchise tag him, so he's going to be an unrestricted free agent. Uh, the other name that's kind of flying under the radar, uh, A.J. Bouye, who played with the Broncos last season. Uh, they released him, I believe. He's coming off of some injuries. He's coming off of a PED suspension, arguably his worst season. Uh, but he's a name that potentially had been linked to the 49ers back in 2017 when he was a free agent. Uh, so I wonder if you know there's some interest there. Th- those are two names that have piqued my interest outside of the common ones that are thrown around yeah Bouye is just a really good cornerback you mentioned that he you know he had the PEDs this past season that only limited him to seven games but when he was with the Texans and definitely with the Jaguars he was a baller there's no other way to put it he wasn't as good as Jalen Ramsey because nobody is as good as Jalen Ramsey but he was (laughs) right there with him so uh, Bouye would be great if he's healthy and he would you, you would imagine he would be at a you know, an affordable number for the 49ers, which matters. So, yeah, if Jason Verrett walks, that's going to be a tough blow. 
but it's just so hard to be able to rely on him given his injury history that you I don't know how you could fault the 49ers for letting him walk. Um, speaking of another guy who has also had injury histories, uh, Bears, former Bears right guard Kyle Long is headed back to the NFL and he spoke with Matt Mayoko at the last Super Bowl, supposedly has ties with the 49ers. What are the odds here? Do you think the 49ers are going to make a run at Kyle Long? I mean, if they were to bring him in to compete for the spot, I wouldn't mind it. Like they have brought in, um, you know, uh, Compton and what's his face person the last couple of years at right guard. Right guard seems to be the position that Kyle Shanahan just like does not give a crap about. He just brings in <laughs> random guys or drafts random guys. And he's like, yeah, we'll just throw somebody out there and uh, hope it works. Yeah. Yeah, he'll be fine. And yeah, you mentioned Kyle Long's health. He didn't play last season. And in 2019, he only played four games. So for the 49ers, the 49ers of all teams to expect a player who historically hasn't been healthy to come into their building and then be healthy seems like a stretch of stretches. So I don't know if I like the fit. Um, I still like Brunskill, McKivitz. Maybe you bring in some other veteran name we haven't talked about and and roll with that group into camp. Um, And I just wouldn't take the flyer on Kyle Long. So... Kyle Long has played 1,536 snaps since 2016. In 2020, Lakin Tomlinson played 1,032 snaps. The, you just can't rely on him, and the Bears yeah. were not able to rely on him. So why would the 49ers be able to rely on him, especially <laughs> after a season where he did not play as he's 32? So it'd be great just for namesake because former first-rounder, you know, big-time athlete, but – Who knows what he is at this point? So before we get out of here, Levante David, Tampa Bay Buccaneers linebacker, just signed a new contract. So he's going to get $12.5 million. His his cap hit, I believe, is only $3.5 million for uh, 2021. Does that impact Fred Warner's deal at all? No, and you brought up the good point that Levante David just turned 31 years old. He's in a different stage of his career. This is his like second contract uh, after his rookie contract. So... And I'm sure he thought about giving Tampa Bay a hometown discount because they feel like they're in this two-year window where they're just trying to maximize everything, right? They tagged Chris Godwin. They brought back Levante David. Looks like they're going to re-sign Shaq Barrett. Um, so it makes sense why David would do that. He's in just in a different stage in his career. Fred Warner's like going to get completely different money than what you're seeing David get. I think Wagner is earning like $18 million, you know, average. Uh, I would think that's the floor for any Fred Warner discussions. Uh, his agent, David Mulligetta, is known to get guys paid. He's gotten Jalen Ramsey paid, Deshaun Watson paid. So I'm sure he's going to play hardball with the 49ers and get uh, a maximum extension for a worthy player. Yeah, I don't have anything to add really because it's great that Levante David got paid. I imagine that will have zero impact on what Fred Warner, who is – Already one of the best, if not the best linebacker in the NFL. I thought he was the best linebacker in the NFL in 2019. Uh, we saw a lot of that in 2020. So uh, sky is the limit for that dude, man. He is he just transformed that position really quick. So uh, last, last question. Let's say Verrett walks. Is there any chance with everything that happened on Tuesday? So Carl Lawson, um, Hassan Reddick, those are two big time names. Uh, Leonard Floyd is another name. Like these are legit edge rushers who could come in and help the 49ers and essentially transform them. Not, I don't want to say back into the 2019, but they'd be as close as you could possibly get uh, with that 
with that defensive front because you know you know they're gonna play unlike D four did in twenty nineteen. <laughs> Could they use that money uh, from Brett on an edge rusher, or are they just gonna you know save all that and go th- strictly through the draft? Uh, I think the edge free agent class is significantly better than the edge class in the draft. So if I were to address this position, just looking at it that way, I would go sign somebody in free agency. Um, and you listed a bunch of names there. Carl Lawson, Hassan Reddick, Leonard Floyd, Romeo Aquara, um, and Carlos Dunlap. The Seahawks released him. So there's just a bunch of guys, and I think the 49ers need the help at the position. I don't expect D Ford to play, even if he's on the roster. Um, and then Nick Bosa coming off an ACL. He's not going to be his 2019 self right off the bat. So they need someone that they can really rely on. And I think with the extra cap space that they gained this past week, I think they that's the first thing they go address, I think, is edge uh, nice. when free agency opens on what, Monday? Monday, Monday. It's coming up quick, man. So uh, thank is. you for joining us. Please, as always, rate, subscribe, review, five stars, wherever it is that you get your podcast at. Uh, Akash going out with a prediction here that the 49ers are going to make a move at edge rusher. I hope he's right because that is the correct way. You let just add good football players and don't be afraid of your past mistakes. D Ford has Pretty nothing simple. to do with, <laughs> yep. D Ford has nothing to do with what you're going to do this off season. Just continue to address, yep. continue to add good football players. And the 49ers will be in the playoffs in 2021. If that happens, um, you can follow me on Twitter kp underscore show we are going to try to do more live locker rooms and um especially with free agency rolling around as these you know as the signings and and things tend to unfold akash where can we find you you can find me at twitter on at akash anav a-k-a-s-h-a-n-a-v follow kp for greg newsome clips follow me for some quarterback stuff (laughs) but yeah keep it locked and loaded uh free agency is around the corner a week away keep your head on a swivel turn on notifications don't get wrecked by adam schefter fake accounts so uh enjoy free agency it's gonna be a good time and go niners